Welcome to Finsight Global Financial Institutions Industry Podcast. My name is Carolina Duque and I am partner at Baker McKenzie's Bogota office. In this episode, we are going to discuss the results of the 2021-2022 Digital Transformation and Cloud Survey, specifically the findings relevant to financial institutions. The latest iteration of our annual Digital Transformation and Cloud Survey features insights from 500 global respondents who cite heightened attention on an investment and cybersecurity, AI, and the cloud as indicators of digital transformation being an integral part of enterprise thinking and planning. For financial institutions, the pandemic has impacted most business processes, affecting the pace of implementation of digital transformation projects. With this evolution, however, comes emerging threats and challenges. In this episode, we will go through each of these findings and examine how financial institutions see and experience these changes. Joining us today are two partners who are very familiar with our survey. First, we have Peter George, a partner in our Chicago office. Peter is a recognized leader in the areas of electronic contracting, social media, contracting for cloud services, robotic process automation, Internet of Things, and other disruptive technologies. We also have Alessandro Celli, a partner in our Zurich office. Alessandro's broad experience includes technology-related transaction work, intellectual property and competition law, IT, data protection and cyber risk, commercial litigation, sports and entertainment law. Thank you for joining us, Peter and Alessandro. Thank, thank you, Carolina. It's, it's wonderful to be here. Very, uh, very uh, happy to have an opportunity to, to give a, a brief update on the uh, digital transformation and cloud survey for the FI industry. Thank you, Carolina, and I join my thanks with Peter. Great to be here. I'm delighted to be here, so let's get started. Uh, the first question is, can you give us a brief background on what digital transformation and cloud survey is and how the survey first came about? Thank you, Carolina. Um, this is actually the seventh iteration of our cloud survey, uh, and it's the third version of the cloud survey where we have emphasized digital transformation. The cloud survey was initially intended to help us benchmark market terms and conditions for arm's length cloud transactions. Uh, basically, we wanted to benchmark where parties were landing on indemnities, liability caps and disclaimers in cloud service transactions. And while the survey still provides us with that benchmarking information, it has evolved into something I think that is much more insightful. It essentially is guidance on what digital transformation means across the various industry groups that Baker McKenzie supports, including FIs. What are the issues that our clients are most focused on in the digital transformation space? And what are the key drivers and sources of investment for digital transformation, including uh, in cloud? and what our survey respondents are seeing as coming next. Uh, we've used the survey at Baker and McKenzie both for our own internal purposes. So we use it to help us develop products and solutions that are tailored to the market and to our clients. 
Uh, and we also use it as thought leadership to share with clients and industry participants around digital transformation in the cloud. And so we're, we're very excited about this year's um, survey and very happy to share it um, with our friends. Thank you. Thank you for your answer. So getting into some of the, of the specifics from the survey, financial institutions identify cost reduction and increased security as to benefit from investments in cloud computing. Can we elaborate on these benefits and would this continue to be important post-pandemic? Thank you, Carolina. I would note that security has been a focus of FIs for as long as we've run the survey. That said, with the pandemic and work from home orders, it is natural that security concerns remain front and center for FIs. Working from home and employee use of personal equipment for work purposes raises lots of interesting security concerns, especially when operations are distributed all over the globe. One area where we see a lot of focus from FIs is with respect to third-party risk management, especially where third-party service providers are deploying remote workforces in the delivery of services. Ensuring that such workforces are handling FI data in a secure manner is critical, and we are seeing significant investment in that area. So, cost reduction has long been cited as a driver for cloud-based services, including the conversation of capital investments into usage-based fees. With that said, the security protections that are incorporated into today's cloud-based offerings are increasingly being valued as highly, if not more highly, than pricing drivers. We would expect that that will continue. However, that does not mean that FIs can take security for granted. We continue to expect to see robust diligence and oversight of cloud-based offerings and digital transformation as fundamental to FIs. Thanks. Now, data privacy and cybersecurity have been identified as the top concerns for financial institutions in the last 12 months. And this is also reflected in the top investments where cybersecurity ranks first for planned investment areas in the next three years. Can you give more, co more context around this and quite possibly what are these evolving threats that concern many financial institutions? Sure. Look, we have to go back and think about when it started. If you look at the Data Protection Impact Assessment, DPIA, that is required under the GDPR, anytime you begin a new project that is likely to involve risky or high risk to other people's personal information, then it starts that the GDPR includes dozens of new rules, and many old ones, of course, that organizations must follow in order to protect the personal information they collect about their own employees, of course, but also about their customers and clients. Organizations that fail to comply with the GDPR are risking severe penalties. One of the most important ways to demonstrate to authorities 
that your own organization complies with the GDPR is to prepare a set DPIA for each of your risky data processing activities. The DPIA is a new requirement under the GDPR as part of the protection by design principle. Here are some concrete examples of the types of conditions that would require such a DPAA. For example, if you're using new technologies, if you're tracking people's location or behavior, in other words, if you are monitoring the data usage combined with the behavior of the person, if you are processing personal data related to racial or ethnic origin, political opinions, religious or philosophical beliefs, or trade union membership and the processing of genetic data, or in other words, if you are processing sensitive data. And if you are data processing, if your data processing is used to make automated decisions about people that could have legal or similar significant effects, in other words, if you are profiling um, the person's behavior. With this, you see that the technological development allowing to increase efficiencies and to enhance customer or client data management towards big data is followed naturally and necessarily at the same time by an increase of vulnerability. This is not because of weak systems or weak solutions. This is because of the massive increase of data processing and data traffic. Also, with the third-party involvement that we mentioned before with, with the cloud service provider, and exactly typically through such cloud service providers, the amount of interactions and interfaces increased, which is requiring security investment for um, safeguards when the data is shared, transferred, accessed by different processors, hosted with third parties, etc., etc. Thank you. Thank you. Very interesting your answers. Uh, now, aside from cybersecurity, investments continue to pour into cloud computing, AI, and machine learning, data analytics, among others. Can you give us some examples on what are the standout developments that financial institutions are focusing on? Are there also technologies on the horizon that you see playing a big role for financial institutions in the coming years? Uh, well, Carolina, uh, we expect to see investment in cloud, continue, in cloud computing continue. Um, uh, that's for sure. Um, what I found really interesting in this year's survey results, though, was the focus on investment in private cloud offerings, especially among financial institutions. And we expect, um, we expect that this is being driven in part by the offerings that are now available. And it's also a means of addressing uh, cybersecurity risks uh, or the vulnerabilities um, that Alessandro um, uh, flagged um, previously. And it will be interesting, I think, to see if this trend continues. Um, we're excited about the increased focus on AI and machine learning in the FI space. Uh, we've been working with a lot of clients, helping them balance uh, the demand for and control over access to financial institution data. So this would be data that the financial institutions are deriving from their customers and clients. Uh, and this is especially challenging um, in managing or helping to manage the demand for customer access to 
and the sharing of that data with third parties uh, because it, it raises both cost um, and security issues um, with respect to the sharing of that data. Uh, and in that regard, we've used the survey results ourselves to help us in assessing best practices for advising FI clients on application programming, uh, application programming inter interfaces, APIs, and on the policies of managing um, access to customer data and the usage of that data. And I think uh, I, I will continue to focus on this area going forward. Um, with respect to new technologies that will play a big role in the FI space, it's hard, I think, not to consider the impact that digital currencies are playing and will continue to play in this space, especially with respect to the role that FIs play or should play um, in the industry. Okay, thank you so much. So let's move to the next question. Um, reading the survey, 92% of financial institutions respondents say their respective organizations carry cyber liability insurance versus 79% for all other industries. We also know from our previous surveys that cyber insurance has increased every year as new technologies present new risk. Do you see this trend continuing? And if so, what are the drivers for this? Well, we started asking about cyber liability insurance uh, four years ago, and every year there's been an increased uh, response from survey recipients carrying such coverage, uh, and I would expect this to continue. Uh, look, there are bad actors out there, uh, and it's not, not really possible, I think, to completely insulate any organization from any and all risks of a cybersecurity event or a data breach. So I think this is an area where insurance makes sense because the risks of an attack can be spread across all the industry participants. Yes, and like you said, Peter, there are bad actors out there. Um, a sentence that I like because it shows that in the end of such incidents, you have to deal with bad people and, and that makes also a problem for the insurances. Why? If we think about insurance, we need to think about risk and potential damages. Otherwise, we do not need the insurance. For an FI, a cyber incident involves typically the following risk and cost factors. It's the notification cost to inform data subjects and authorities. So that means data protection offices and regulators for FIs. It's the PR cost to protect the image, though so something like that happened in your organization. It's the IT forensic analytics cost, which are huge, to find out what happened. And usually it is not so easy to find out what happened. So people very skilled have to look into the events that happened in an organization, talk with people, um, do the search engines, um, allow them to run over weeks sometimes at that costs. Then we have the usual court costs. We have the lawyer's fees. We have damage compensation and penalties in the United States, whatever kind of damage and triple damages uh, um, we are used as Europeans to look at and be scared of. Then we have the fines of the authorities because something went wrong and data subjects were um, affected. And last but not least, 
we have in ransomware cases, um, the ransom amounts and the negotiator fees. Now, the question is to which extent such coverages, A, reflect and are accepted according to the market standards, and B, are allowed and regulated depending on the different jurisdictional regulatory framework. In particular, for example, regarding ransom payments, we see a series of issues such as regulatory issues, AML issues, and, and of course, sanction issues. And starting you know, with the sentence that I like, you have a couple of bad actors around. We know that the sources from where these cybersecurity cases are coming from, uh, the incidents are initiated, are often in um, jurisdictions, countries, which are um, subject to sanctions. So if you make payments, ransom payments, into those jurisdictions to companies, um, and that should be insured. You have exactly that issue that, first of all, probably it is not allowed. And if you do it, you are exposed again to strict liability because you did that. So it's a very, very difficult topic area and also for the insurance, not easy to handle. Thank you. Thank you so much. So for the last question, uh, looking ahead, and this is broadly speaking, what are some of the future challenges you see confronting financial institutions specifically around digital transformation? Well, you know, Carolina, Carolina it's, it's interesting. Uh, Alessandro and I were talking um, in preparation for this, and uh, we both noted that uh, I don't think either of our, uh, the, our children, any of our children, um, are, have ever actually been in a physical bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything is everything is moving uh, to the apps, and I know from for from with respect to my own children, uh, they don't have bank cards. They uh, they share um, uh, money using apps, uh, and uh, it will be interesting to see how the financial industry uh, evolves to address the the fact that um, there are. Um, these changes in the way that the that their customers and and the future customers uh, look at banks and interact with them. So I, I think that's going to be the challenge, or one of the big challenges for for financial institutions going forward. You're right, Peter. And we spoke about our kids. It's it's really interesting how how distanced they are from. I would say the institution of a bank. They are much closer to the way how to do transactions, as you said, overlap. And what I also think is before and until we are there, Peter, that the next and the next next generation is wondering for what you need a bank. Before we are there, the banks have to reduce their costs, as we all know. And for that, they have to pool data. They have to pool information. They have to increase efficiency. They have to use specialized third-party providers, they have to outsource, and all that troubles them, you know, to fight against high price, to bring the costs down. And then in the end of the day, it will be interesting to see if technology is so and becomes so secure and so standard and so usual that um, the fight may be only one that they themselves transform into 
more modern fintech solutions getting away from the traditional institution. Great. Thank you, Peter and Alessandro. This really gives us a lot to think about, and I am sure our listeners out there appreciate the observations and recommendations that you share in line with our survey. If you have found this podcast helpful, you may also be interested to know that the full 2021-2022 Digital Transformation and Cloud Survey is now available on bakermackenzie.com. The report is packed with takeaways not just for financial institutions, but for all other industries as well. If you are interested to see the full takeaways for financial institutions, you can also access the full report on our Financial Institutions Hub. My name is Carolina Duque, and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us for the next episode of Finsight.